The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Do you believe you create your reality? Do you believe that what you think is what outpictures? Do you believe that you have the power over your mind, your heart, your body, and your life to completely have anything that you would desire? For some, it is a belief. And with a belief and intention, there are commitments and there are actions, and there are processes that they use to get there. For others, it is a hope or a wish, and it remains a hope or a wish or a want. However, there is something that you may want to know about, and it is called the neurogenesis diet and lifestyle. There's a way to upgrade your brain and upgrade your life, and this is written by Dr. Brant Courtright. It's a fascinating book on the neurogenesis revolution. Your life can be so much more than it is right now. Imagine having increased energy, a better memory, and starting each day feeling positive and rested, ready to tackle whatever challenges may come. There are recent advances in medical science that have put this goal within reach. You and everyone you know has a vast untapped potential to live more fully. But to realize your greatest potential, your brain must operate at its highest level. The key to tapping this potential is neurogenesis, the process of creating new neurons or brain cells. Neurogenesis is how the brain renews and upgrades itself. We're going to have that conversation, and you're going to learn more about this book on how to unleash your brain's potential by hearing from Dr. Brant Courtright, who is a clinical psychologist and professor of psychology at California Institute of Integral Studies. His consulting practice specializes in cutting-edge brain health and neuroscience-informed step therapy. He is the author of two previous books, and now, The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle, Upgrade Your Brain, Upgrade Your Life. You can find out more about him at brantcourtright.com and even more right now as we begin this conversation. Welcome, Dr. Courtright, to 1111 Talk Radio. I'm glad to be here. You know, this is fascinating because we've been taught for so long that our brains develop at a certain rate and after a certain amount of time, uh, we stop developing new brain, brain cells, and we have what we have, and we kind of grow older, and some of us lose memory, and illnesses occur, and, you know, some of us, you know, have an easier time, and others stay a little bit healthier and active as we go forward, and depending on our interests and somewhat of our lifestyle, we 
can prolong our life to as healthy as possible and as long as possible if we just follow what we've been told according to past dietary uh, requirements and also uh, just living our lives, uh, staying busy. But what you're discovering and what research has shown is that there's a bit more to it and that we actually have a lot more power to not only prolong our lives, but to really have fulfilling lives and create them as well. Talk a little bit about what neurogenesis is. Okay, good. Yes, you're right. That It was very recent that it was discovered that actually we make new brain cells throughout our entire life. That, as you mentioned, it used to be thought up until the late 1990s that the brain stopped growing new brain cells once we were in our early 20s. And after that, it was just one slow die-off. But then they discovered that actually we produce new brain cells throughout our entire life. Now, there's a slowdown in the rate of neurogenesis in middle age, and then there's another slowdown in old age. But it turns out that we can actually increase our rate of neurogenesis at any time in middle age, and in old age, in fact, even in young adulthood. So for once they discovered that neurogenesis occurs throughout our entire life, they didn't quite know what the significance of that was. And it's just in the last few years that it's become clear that a low rate of neurogenesis, that is a low rate at which your brain is making new brain cells, is associated with memory problems, with cognitive decline, with anxiety, with stress, and with depression, even with lowered immunity. And that a high rate of neurogenesis, that is a high rate at which the brain is creating new brain cells, is associated with the opposite, with cognitive enhancement, with rapid learning, rapid problem solving and with robust emotional resilience and protection against stress, anxiety, and depression. So there was one experiment where they gave rats a, uh, what they called an enriched environment consisting of things like um, a really good diet, um, running wheels to exercise on, um, a lot of nesting materials and novel environments to explore, a lot of other friendly mice to play with and mate with. And they discovered that they could increase their rate of neurogenesis by five times. And when they did so, the part of the brain, the hippocampus that grows new brain cells, was one-sixth bigger than in the normal neurogenesis rate mice. And that these high neurogenesis rate mice had big cognitive advantages over their normal neurogenesis rate peers and big emotional advantages as well. Again, protection against stress and depression. So it looks like um, in old age, in very old age, you can increase the rate of neurogenesis um, by five times with profound 
changes in a person's quality of life. And when it comes to earlier than that, um, you can increase, it looks like, more than that. Probably, we actually don't even know what the upper limits are because the science is lagging behind this. We've discovered new nutrients, new ways of increasing neurogenesis that haven't even been fully put together. It may be possible to increase a person's rate of neurogenesis by eight times or even 10 times. We really don't even know. But what we do know is that when the rate of neurogenesis increases, the whole quality of life upgrades at every level, body, heart, mind, and spirit. So now I'm going to repeat, because you have it written in your book as well, that neuroscientists have broken down that the enriched environment, which is affected by exercise, uh, production of new brain cells, sensory or novelty experiences, um, intimacy, diet, those types of things actually assist us in creating new brain cells. When we look at the brain, when we have heard information about the brain, we've heard about the reptilian brain, and then we have the frontal lobe, and the reptilian brain, is that the part that has kept us kind of in the old brain, the story, the the, the places that lead us into uh, more of our moods and, and depression and emotion, or is that something that takes place in a different part of the brain, um, and is that where we're growing the new brain cells, or is this something that is advancing the brain from where it is? Ah, good question. So, yes, we've got three brains, right? We have this lower reptilian brainstem that runs our survival circuits and it runs the bodily processes. So it's how somebody can be brain dead but still physically alive. And then we have the limbic system, which is this mammalian brain that all mammals share and which is responsible for our emotions and the capacity to feel and to bond with our young and with other people and other beings. And then we have this neocortex, which again, all mammals have, but in humans is developed in a way that no other mammals have. And it's this neocortex that's responsible for language, for abstract thinking, for art, for what we think of as um, our human qualities. So it turns out that um, where neurogenesis occurs, is in a part of the brain called the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is this crescent moon-shaped structure. And half of it extends into the limbic system and is involved with emotion regulation into this mammalian brain, and particularly the regulation of anxiety and of stress and of depression. And the other half of this crescent moon extends into the body-mind part. So it's involved in the body and spatial learning, and it also is responsible for processing new memories. And it's this processing of new memories that is really critical for cognitive functioning because so much of our cognitive functions rest on memory. So things like um, executive function, um, working memory, um, crystallized intelligence, even fluid intelligence. So many of the cognitive functions that we have 
depend upon being able to process new memories well. So, for example, in Alzheimer's disease, that massively attacks the hippocampus. And so in, in Alzheimer's, we get a very shrunken hippocampus. And what happens there is that both emotion regulation diminishes, person just has impulses flying all over the place, and cognitively, as memory begins to go, as the person can no longer process new memories, it like it pulls the rug out from the whole sense of self. Everything, all the cognitive functions begin to go, and the very sense of self itself begins to disappear. So <clears throat> being able to process new memories well at an enhanced level is part of what's involved in functioning at a better level. Is that clear? So these three brains, they, they all stack up, they all work together, but particularly the emotional limbic system and the cognitive neocortex are what's involved in the area of neurogenesis. So when we look at these three brains, Dr. Courtright, and we look at the vast amount of depression or different types of, whether it is mental illness or Alzheimer's or different things that, that tend to affect various people, depression being probably the most widespread issue uh, on the planet today. Are we looking at an issue that is affecting the part of the brain that just holds old memory and kind of programs us and programs the body to stay in this reactive fight or flight? And so by allowing ourselves to have a different type of diet and lifestyle that is more neurogenesis approached, we actually create the new life or a way to heal ourselves or better our lives from those types of issues. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. So in depression, there is a very reduced rate of neurogenesis. The person's rate of neurogenesis is way slowed down. And, you know, it was actually depression that turned the spotlight on the significance of neurogenesis because it was discovered that the way antidepressants work, it's not by increasing serotonin levels as most everybody thinks, but actually the way they work is by increasing the rate of neurogenesis. So, <clears throat> you know, there has been this whole big serotonin deficiency theory of depression since the 80s, since they discovered these selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, these SSRIs, these whole class, new class of antidepressants like Prozac um, and many others. And they thought that they worked by increasing the serotonin in the person's system. Well, it turns out that that's not the case, that in fact, in study after study, people who are depressed, most studies show that they either have normal rates of serotonin or else they have higher levels of serotonin than normals do. There's been a very few studies to show that they actually do have lower rates, but the vast majority of studies show that most people have normal or higher levels of serotonin than normal people. Um, it turned out that they did a series of experiments that showed that increasing serotonin levels had no effect on depression levels. But increasing the rate of neurogenesis brought people out of depression. 
even though their level of serotonin remained the same. So this is really a big deal because antidepressants work in less than 50% of the population. They work in somewhere around 45, 47% of the population. And they also come with a good number of side effects. For example, loss of libido and sex drive occurs in most people. And that's depressing in itself. Um, the serotonin selective, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors also, um, they decrease the serotonin receptors in the neurons. And so they make the person increasingly dependent upon antidepressants. Well, it turns out that there are many substances, many nutrients and foods even, that increase our rate of neurogenesis more powerfully than antidepressants do, but without any of the side effects. So what this research shows is that this whole serotonin deficiency theory is really a myth. And it turns out the pharmaceutical companies actually know this, but antidepressants are a $16 billion a year industry right now. That's a lot of money. The pharmaceutical companies have a good thing going here, and they know it. They are, however, madly at work on drugs to increase your rate of neurogenesis. And when we, they finally discover them, we will hear nonstop marketing for them. But in the meantime, there are many, many natural, completely safe substances that also increase your rate of neurogenesis and increase it actually at a higher rate than antidepressants do. And so that's part of what the book is about. It's about increasing our rate of neurogenesis naturally so that um, we aren't dependent upon antidepressants. And I, I don't want to say that antidepressants sometimes are very good and very important. Um, however, my own feeling is that they are vastly overprescribed and that the society is just, it's a little bit crazy how much they're used. Right now, one in four American women between the ages of 25 and 45 is taking an antidepressant. And, and I'm going to stop you right there so really we can take off. a break because we'd love to talk more about that after this break. So-called normal aging is a byproduct of accumulated neurotoxins that reduce neurogenesis. Neurotoxic versus neurohealthy aging is the difference between night and day. New research indicates the brain can renew itself at any age, and neurogenesis is the very source of renewal for the brain. Your rate of neurogenesis is key to feeling good or bad, vibrant or rejuvenated, or stagnant and depressed. You can operate at a higher level than ever before believed possible. At any age, you can be smarter, remember more, be more vibrant, alive, free of depression, and resistant to stress. When you increase the rate of neurogenesis, the farther reaches of the brain's potential is unknown. You can find out more about Dr. Brant Courtright and the book, The Neurogenesis, Diet and Lifestyle, Upgrade Your Brain, Upgrade Your Life, by going to the website, brantcourtright.com, B-R-A-N-T-C-O-R-T-R-I-G-H-T.com. We'll be right back with Dr. Courtright and The Neurogenesis, Diet and Lifestyle. 
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Did you know that how your brain relates to the world determines everything? We know there are things you can do to stimulate neurogenesis at any time in your life. For the first time in the history of the planet, we've discovered that you can increase your rate of neurogenesis by the choices you make in daily life. A rise in neurogenesis will protect against stress, anxiety, and depression while enhancing cognitive function and learning. Your rate of neurogenesis is a key indicator of quality of life. This is from the book, The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle by Dr. Brent. Courtright. You can find out more about him at brantcourtright.com. This scientifically validated four-point program of diet and lifestyle will help you improve your memory and brain power, inoculate you against stress and depression, prevent or delay cognitive decline, dementia, and Alzheimer's, enrich your relationships and your sex life, help you connect with your loving center of peace. Your brain is working far below its capacity and you can operate at a higher level than you ever dreamed possible at any age. Start now with the neurogenesis diet and lifestyle. Welcome back, Dr. Courtright. It is very obvious just based on the first segment that this truly is a mind, body, heart, spirit type of holistic program. It's not going to occur just with uh, the body or just with the diet or just with the heart. As I read through the book, it was very clear that these are different pillars that allow neurogenesis to take place at the most optimal level. So let's touch in a little bit on some of these different sections. And let's first start with exercise because a lot of people, I was surprised and did not realize that not all exercise is created equal, particularly when it comes to neurogenesis. Okay, good, yes. That's right. So this is, again, a holistic approach, meaning... Every part of our consciousness we experience through our brain, right? Physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Every spiritual experience we have, every thought, every desire, every physical sensation, we experience everything through the brain. And when we come at stimulating the brain 
holistically. All these elements work together synergistically much better than any one thing together. So exercise is a big piece of this. So there's a chapter on body, there's a chapter on heart and our emotional being, there's a chapter on mind, there's a chapter on spirit, and there's a whole chapter on diet, because that's also very important. But in the chapter on body, um, I go into the different types of exercise. So any kind of exercise is good for the body, whether it's strength training, um, whether it's yoga and stretching, whether it's aerobic exercise. But when it comes to neurogenesis, it looks like only one kind of exercise increases our rate of neurogenesis, and that is aerobic exercise. Aerobic exercise is anything that gets you breathing fast and your, gets your heart rate up. So running, walking quickly, swimming, biking, walking up a hill, fast dancing, anything that gets your heart beating fast and gets you breathing fast. That has a very powerful effect on your rate of neurogenesis. The, the brain just starts to explode with new brain cells. I was reading an interview with a neuroscientist, the, the neuroscientist who actually discovered that neuro, neurogenesis occurs in adulthood. And he was saying that not only does he run, but every neuroscientist he knows who works in this field of neurogenesis does some form of aerobic exercise. And you don't have to do a lot. You just have to get moving. You just have to, if you're walking, you just walk a little bit faster. And if you can do that a few times a week, it'll have a profound effect on your brain. And so when we move beyond the exercise, because the body must move, so we know that that is a strong pillar, and as you said, aerobics is the one that is really going to catapult the, the growth of new brain cells. We move into diet, and there are specific natural things that we can do that really do enhance uh, creating new brain cells so that we, we start to uh, venture into that more youthful, that more fountain of youth type of, of lifestyle. What are some of those thoughts? Good, yes. So I think of this as like, you know, if you want to build a beautiful high-end house, you use high-quality materials. You can't use like rotting wood or decaying wood. You have to use good-quality lumber. And it's the same with the brain. If we want to build a better brain, we've got to use high-quality building materials not low-quality materials. So I think of this as a two-fold strategy. We need to stop eating and stop doing those things that are neurotoxic and which slow down our rate of neurogenesis. And at the same time, we need to then eat those nutrients and foods and do those activities that are neurohealthy and which increase our rate of neurogenesis. We need to do them both. Otherwise, it's like stepping on the accelerator and the brake at the same time. And it turns out we live in a pretty neurotoxic world, that there are many, many activities, many foods, many things, that, many habits that we all have that slow down our rate of neurogenesis. And... The thing is, we've all stumbled into this innocently. We didn't know this. 
it's only in the last few years that it's become clear just how neurotoxic our lifestyle is. So one big part of that is we need to stop eating foods that slow down our rate of neurogenesis as well as increase our intake of foods that increase neurogenesis. So things that increase our rate of neurogenesis are things like blueberries. Blueberries are one of the very best things you can do for your brain. Having blueberries every day or eating a blueberry extract, like through capsules. Um, <clears throat> the book goes into about 25 or 30 different nutrients, things like apigenin and luteolin, which are bioflavonoids or quercetin, or red sage, which is a, an herb also known as salvia, um, and also something called hesperidin, which is a bioflavonoid found in citrus fruits. So if you run or if you swim or if you get your heart rate up through fast dancing or something like that, your brain will fairly explode with new brain cells. But it turns out about half of those die off very quickly. The brain prunes them very quickly. Unless we do other things, right, this whole holistic approach, some things increase our rate of neurogenesis and other things keep those new brain cells alive. So hesperidin, for example, this bioflavonoid found in citrus fruits, what it does is it keeps new brain cells alive so that we then have almost 100% survival rate of these new neurons. Um, another really important, probably the most important nutrient is healthy fats, particularly in the form of omega-3 fatty acids or fish oil. So <clears throat> the brain is made up of about two-thirds fat. And of that fat, about a third of it is DHA. Now, DHA is one of the three omega-3 fatty acids, right? With, there's ALA, EPA, and DHA. And when it comes to the brain, DHA is hugely important. They did a series of experiments with some monkeys where they raised one group of monkeys on a low omega-3 diet and the other group they raised on a high omega-3 diet. And then they looked at their brains afterwards. And the monkeys on the low omega-3 diet had very simple, undifferentiated brains. But those on the high omega-3 diet had very complex, very richly differentiated brains, almost like human beings. When it comes to the brain, complexity is good. We want to see complexity. And DHA is probably the single most important nutrient we can get into our brains in an ongoing way. And so most people um, can use to take a supplement of fish oil capsules. Most people can do like four or five grams a day with big changes in their mood and in their cognitive functioning. There was one study that actually showed that fish oil was a more effective antidepressant than Prozac or the antidepressants. 
um, but without any of the side effects. Actually, there were several studies to show this, and the book goes into that. <clears throat> but yeah, you, have a, you have a good listing of different things that are part of uh, what supports the diet for neurogenesis, and uh, is this something that can be done through supplements, or does it have to be done through foods? And is it... Uh, pretty much a formula for everyone, or or do we have to? Uh, are each of us unique unique in the amount that has to be taken? Yeah, great question. We are very unique, and so each person really does need to kind of tailor to see what works for them. There is no one size fits all here, um, and I think it's very difficult to get most many of these nutrients in enough. Um, quantities simply through diet. Um, some people, if they eat a lot of fish, could really do this. But again, it needs to be wild-caught fish. Um, we don't want to do like farmed salmon, for example, um, because that comes with a lot of contaminants, such as mercury and PCBs. And mercury is one of the most powerful neurotoxins known. Um, and it also depends on how the food is cooked. So we talked about it's a dual strategy, reducing foods that are neurotoxic and increasing foods that are neurohealthy. So foods that are neurotoxic include bad unhealthy fats as well as sugar and carbo excess carbohydrates. Now, this is really important because this goes so much against what the government guidelines on diet have been for years. And nutritional science is just now showing that these recommendations have been badly misguided. So <clears throat> they looked at people, for example, who ate fish one to three times a week. And they discovered they had 14% more neurons in the higher processing centers of their brain unless they ate fried fish. So cooking foods at a high temperature and particularly fats that are oxidized through high temperature are terrible for the brain. They slow the rate of neurogenesis way, way down. So, cooking and ingesting bad, unhealthy fats is something we want to reduce. So, bad, unhealthy fats are oxidized fats. And oxidation comes from heat or exposure to oxygen or light. So, for example, cooking with vegetable oil is a terrible idea. Nobody should be doing it because that oxidizes those fats. And when those fats, those oxidized fats, get into the body and into the bloodstream, what they do is they oxidize the cholesterol in your bloodstream. That produces heart disease, atherosclerosis, and it produces inflammation. And inflammation chews up the inside of your blood vessels, and it slows neurogenesis to a crawl. Inflammation is one of the big poisons for neurogenesis. 
So instead of cooking with vegetable oil, we want to cook with coconut oil or with butter or with ghee, clarified butter. Or we want to cook with even tallow or lard. We want to cook with saturated fats. And instead of eating unhealthy oils and fats, we want to eat lots of good healthy fats, which means things like avocados, nuts, um, pastured dairy and pastured eggs, grass-fed beef and wild-caught fish or pastured chicken. These things have lots of good healthy fats that don't oxidize, that has a good omega-3, omega-6 ratio that makes for an anti-inflammatory diet. The other thing we want to reduce are excess carbohydrates and sugar. It turns out that a high-sugar diet will cut your rate of neurogenesis in two. And that is astonishing to think about. When you think about the diet of the average American child who starts the day with, I don't know what, say sugar frosted flakes and orange juice, it's all sugar and bad fats. You can't produce a good, healthy, strong brain like that. You just can't. You don't have the raw materials. So we need to reduce the amount of sugar and excess carbohydrate. So <clears throat> it turns out that um, about 80% of the American population has some degree of insulin resistance and therefore higher than optimal blood sugar levels, right? Because all carbohydrate eventually gets converted into glucose. And for that, we need insulin for the body to use it. So, Dr. Portwright, I'm going to pause you right there as we move to a commercial break, and then we will discuss a little bit more about the program that will enhance the whole brain. I am with Dr. Brant Courtright, and we are discussing his book, The Neurogenesis, Diet and Lifestyle, Upgrade Your Brain, Upgrade Your Life. In the past decade, neuroscience has discovered that your brain is capable of performing at a much, much higher level, even in your prime years. We don't yet know the upper limits of our potentials, yet as momentous as these discoveries are, they are practically unknown. We do know the key is neurogenesis, which is the birth of new brain cells. The rate of neurogenesis is an indicator of how well you're functioning cognitively, emotionally, and physically. Neurogenesis happens throughout your entire life, though it normally slows in middle age and even more in old age. However, it's now being discovered that your rate of neurogenesis can increase dramatically in all stages of adulthood changing the entire quality of your life. This book is for adults of all ages. Your brain can renew itself at any time. But the earlier you begin the proper care and feeding of your brain, the greater results. You can find out more about the Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle by Dr. Brent Courtright at his website, brentcourtright.com. We'll be right back after these messages. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. 
Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. There's one central secret to the neurogenesis lifestyle. If this becomes work, something is wrong. The brain is wired for pleasure, for joy, for love, for interest and excitement, for meaning and depth, for passion and creativity, for learning and wonder. If there is pain in this, it only comes as we withdraw from some of our toxic addictions. But this temporary discomfort has a speedy recompense in the form of greater health, healing, wholeness, joy, love and flow as our brains quickly adapt to a higher level of functioning. A holistic approach to developing the brain means engaging with life in all its dimensions, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Our personal growth and our brain's growth are one. When we grow, we feel good, like we feel like we've come into ourselves more fully. We have only one thing to do in this life, to become our best self. There is no one pattern or type that we should try to emulate. Rather, we should simply become ourselves, individuating into our own uniqueness at every level. This book... The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle, Upgrade Your Brain, Upgrade Your Life by Dr. Brent Courtright is a map for that journey. I invite you to discover him at brentcourtright.com. Welcome back, Dr. Courtright. Um, we were talking about exercise. We've gone through some of the diet, the vast chapter on diet in a deep discussion, but there are some other matters uh, that that also assist in the growth of brain cells that that. People may not realize, I think sleep is probably something that we all know but don't do enough of. And also the requirements of, of touch or sex 
or some of the other things actually do support neurogenesis as well. Can you touch on some of those pieces? Sure. It turns out that sleep is one of the most underappreciated ways of increasing brain health as well as physical health. So when we get a full night's sleep, which for most people means seven or eight hours, there's a few people who can get by on six, but almost nobody can get by on less than that. When we don't get enough sleep, our rate of melatonin production in the brain goes down. And when that goes down, our rate of neurogenesis goes way down. Now, aside from melatonin production, which also is an important hormone in uh, the immune system as well, it turns out that when we sleep, we also clean the brain. And this is a very new discovery. Um, just last year, it was discovered how the brain cleans itself. They never really knew how the brain cleaned itself. It's like the body has the lymph system, the lymphatic system, to clean out the toxins that accumulate during the day. But the brain has the blood-brain barrier, and they never knew how it cleaned itself from its toxins. So the brain is like an aquarium, right? You need some sort of filter. You need some way of getting rid of the toxins there. And they discovered something called the glymphatic system, in the brain, where the glymph cells, which are have certain housekeeping functions in the brain, um, jump into action, and where the neurons actually shrink by 30 to 50%, and the brain gets flooded when we sleep, particularly the later stages of sleep, the brain gets flooded with cerebrospinal fluid that gives the brain like a bath or a shower to just wash out the accumulated neurotoxins and particularly amyloid beta. Now, amyloid beta is the type of plaque that's involved with Alzheimer's disease. And a little bit of it builds up each day. And at night, the brain washes it out. But if we don't get enough sleep, it doesn't get a chance to fully wash out. So you know how like when you've slept only like maybe three, four hours, you get up, you take a shower, and you still feel afterwards kind of dirty, like you still haven't had a shower, even though you've just showered. Mm-hmm. Well, that yucky feeling, that it's like your body's clean, but it's like your brain isn't clean. That's due to the toxins that are still in your brain from not having enough sleep. So getting seven hours, eight hours, is really important for detoxing the brain as well as increasing our rate of neurogenesis. Um, so yeah, and sleep so, so that sleep is very, very important. And then also, when we look at touch, it's it's obvious that touch is very important when we are children growing up. But how does that part affect us as we? Our adults are growing older. That um, that interactive. Yeah, this is part also of very interesting. That touch stimulates neurogenesis. Now, of course, it needs to be welcome touch by somebody who we trust or who feel good about, not unwanted touch. But uh, unwanted touch does the opposite. That slows neurogenesis because it's stressful, and stress 
is one of those emotional factors that decrease neurogenesis. But touch um, and increases neurogenesis. And when you look at most primate societies, you look at chimpanzees or baboons, they do a lot of touching throughout their whole lives. They're grooming each other, they're touching each other, they're hugging, they're hanging on each other. And we live in a rather touch-starved culture. The West has, by and large, um, doesn't touch very much. And that's not good for our brains, and it's not good for our immune system as well. When we touch, it releases certain neurotransmitters that actually boost our rate of neurogenesis. Now, you have uh, sections throughout the book that are called Future Dreams, and you, you look at you know, where, where this will all take us. And I have um, one question which has to do with our imagination and our creative faculties. You know, the, the brain doesn't know the difference between the stories it knew and the programs that it's had and the fight or flight it sends us into, um, nor does it know the difference between something that we completely make up in our mind and we experience as a new reality. In, in experiencing those new realities and allowing ourselves to go into the creative faculties of the mind, do we enhance neurogenesis? And then what happens to uh, all of the, the old brain? You know, does our head explode? Or exactly what happens is we're growing these continuous cells. Do we get a really, really big head? Or does the brain take care of that for us? Ah, uh, yes. The brain takes care of it for us. We don't have to worry about that. There's a beautiful... Um, regulatory process that, that takes care of it. Because it doesn't happen throughout the entire brain. It only happens in this area called the hippocampus, which is like a linchpin for body, heart, mind, spirit. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so we don't need to worry about that. What was the other question you had asked? In regard to our creative faculties, the imagination, uh, yes, the body, the body holding memory and not knowing the difference, how does that affect us in terms of neurogenesis? Yeah, it's a great question, and the science around neurogenesis is so new that there's a lot we don't know yet. And so <clears throat> I would bet that it will soon be shown that creativity enhances neurogenesis. But right now, we don't yet have the definitive research to show that. Um, I bet that's a good, uh, safe bet in the future, but we don't actually know right now. So a step in the right direction might be new experiences, allowing ourselves to travel or to do things that we haven't done before. Would that be ways that we would enhance our brain cell growth? Yes, that for sure we know works. That exposure to new and novel environments <clears throat> has a very powerful effect on <clears throat> not only new brain cell growth, but new brain cell survival. <clears throat> so it takes those new brain cells and it keeps them alive as well as uh, producing new neurons. Um, and you know, that's one thing that often slows down as we get older. We get more and more into our habits and grooves. And so there becomes less and less new experience. 
but learning new things, becoming a lifelong learner, that increases our rate of neurogenesis. The brain is stimulated when we are learning new things. You know, some people like to do crossword puzzles or these brain games that are advertised a lot. It turns out the research on that isn't so good. That is, doing a computer game or doing crossword puzzles, it helps for doing more of that computer game or of doing more crossword puzzles, but the cognitive functions don't generalize to the rest of the brain. So what we need to do in terms of the mental dimension of this is to be learning new things and to be exercising our brain in different ways. We need to be like cross-training the brain. So reading, writing, even if it's just email, um, discussing things with our friends, discussing the impact of a movie on us, taking classes, taking webinars, just, just learning new things. It doesn't need to be classes in school, but taking a cooking class or just learning new things. Hearing this program about neurogenesis is increasing your rate of neurogenesis. Learning about this is increasing your rate of neurogenesis. But the brain, when it learns new things, gets stimulated. It gets turned on. And your rate of neurogenesis goes up. And we have just a couple of minutes left, Dr. Courtright. As I think about what you're saying, by us taking responsibility for our own brain health and our own life and lifestyles, what does this mean for the future of our youth? If, we, if, if we're allowing our brains to grow at that rapid rate, what is the future of the brains of our children and our children's children? That's a great question because we are on the cusp of a neuro-revolution. We don't really know where this is going to be taking us, what the possible potentials are. And what is actually possible with a young child growing up in a very neurohealthy environment? You know, it turns out that a child, a baby's rate of neurogenesis is dependent on the mother's rate of neurogenesis. And that, that happens for years. Um, so it's going to be maybe a generation before we fully realize all the potentials that our brain has, but we can increase that potential starting now. And <clears throat> again, it's never too late. You know, one of the big problems right now is Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's is this tsunami which is coming. Right now, one in three seniors dies of Alzheimer's. And if present trend lines continue, 50% of 85-year-olds will develop Alzheimer's. And since most of us are expected to live to be 85, that's pretty scary because right now Alzheimer's has no treatment, no cure, nothing that can prevent it. Until now, right? And con conventional medical treatment offers really nothing. The drug companies have spent billions of dollars and hundreds and hundreds of clinical trials trying to come up with a drug to prevent or reverse or to work with to cure Alzheimer's. And thus far, it's been a complete failure. They've come up with nothing. They've only come up with drugs that help the symptoms for a few months. That's all. 
until now, there has just been some holistic research that shows coming out of the Buck Foundation in California that a holistic approach, actually a very simplified version of what is in the book, Body, Heart, Mind, Spirit, is able to reverse the cognitive decline associated with Alzheimer's and that people who had to stop working because of memory loss were able to regain their memory and go back to work for the two years that they followed them. Um, And there was another study that came out a few months ago that also talked about postponing um, and delaying cognitive decline in an at-risk group of seniors. Again, using a very simplified version of the holistic approach in this book. So right now it appears as if a holistic approach is the only approach for which there is research evidence to show that we can delay and even reverse the changes in the brain associated with Alzheimer's. And since Alzheimer's begins decades before we see symptoms, now is the time to start for pretty much all of us. Thank you so much, Dr. Courtright. This has been an enlightening conversation. It is time to unleash your brain's potential. This scientifically validated four-point program of diet and lifestyle will improve your memory and brain power, inoculate you against stress and depression, prevent or delay cognitive decline, dementia, and Alzheimer's, enrich your relationships, and help you connect with your loving center of peace. I urge you to find out more at brantcourtright.com and... The book is The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle. Upgrade your brain, upgrade your life. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you, Dr. Courtright. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.